All right, good morning, afternoon. It is Friday, heck of a week. I'm sick of the cold weather. I've already had a cold. Like, November 1st hit, and I all of a sudden contracted a little cold, like, on the dot, midnight. Unbelievable. But um, we got a lot of stuff in the tech world to go over. Some finance, investment, and just overall world stuff is actually a pretty eventful week. A little bit of real estate, Zillow in the woes, Zillow woes. Um, didn't think we were going to have any crypto stuff, but turns out we do. And the first thing that I wanted to start off with, I want to give a little highlight to the company called Kalshi, that's K-A-L-S-H-I, that I just discovered. I actually found them off of the Animal Spirits podcast. They did an awesome interview with the owner and founder of the company. And so what they do is they basically make it possible to bet in the sense that you bet on like a stock or any kind of security to bet on like world events that are coming true. And they have to be binary events. So it's very interesting. You there's like like 100% possibility and then you divide that 100% into either yes or no and those trade on like a like a fractional basis so you start with a dollar and say like the event's probably going to happen so that the yes will be like 70 cents and the no will be like 30 cents and then you win the spread if you're right or you can trade your shares back if they go up in price because it's all market based it's pretty cool that's something i've thought would be massive for a while is like why the heck can't we bet on everything humans love betting yeah, as a gambling man myself, I would uh, I would like to take part in that. Yeah, Kalshi, definitely go give it a look. I So I was listening to them do the interview, and all I could think was like, oh, my God, this is so easy. I totally know what I'm talking about. I can do this. And then <laughs> I, I opened it up and was like, oh, wait, I have no clue how any of these events are going to go. So they got a whole bunch of markets now, but a lot of it was political. And, like, they had some climate stuff. They've got COVID stuff, all this kind of, like, Big things, big things people are talking about and that everyone, you know, shooting the shit at the bar with someone. You're like, oh, I bet this is going to happen. It's kind of cool they made that happen, but it is a heck of a lot harder than you think. I haven't put money into it yet. I might. But either way, I thought that'd be a good way for uh, for us to start it off. So I was thinking, I was like, what is there a market for in the real world that hasn't been turned into an app yet that we could do so that we could get rich and millionaires and be done working for the rest of our lives? But I couldn't think of anything. Mm, that's a tough question. I don't know, Matt. Do you have anything on that? I I can't think of anything. I know no, you put thought into we this. Could set, we could set up small scale betting for uh, like intramural sports in college to like <laughs> oh. take pennies away from all the fraternities and sororities. That would be interesting. I'd be okay with that. You have to have someone to regulate it though, and that'd be kind of a problem too. And then someone someone's gonna get upset and sue everyone. That's what I know the Kalshi guy was saying. He was like, yeah, it took us literally two years to get anyone to even not laugh at us whenever we brought this idea because it's so flipping hard to regulate and no one will touch it. Like the lawyers just said, no, we, there's, we, we have no interest. So I can't imagine going even smaller than that, what that would you know end up doing. Uh, I could think if you try to regulate and bet on intramural sports on different college campuses, you would have people at frat parties just getting their legs broken by tire irons. Oh, like, man. I got a hundred bucks on another team, and uh, I'm gonna try to take out the star player whoever well, they're going against that week. Well, that's what they're saying. They're like, look, if you have major influence on the outcome, you're not allowed to bet. Like Jerome Powell can't go on there and bet on outcomes because he could literally just walk in the next day and be like, "Hey, I've decided we're doing this," and then it happens, and then he wins. I don't know how much money he wants to win. So, mm-hmm. yeah. That's the one thing is you you can't have a lot of like uh you can't have market makers and the whales in there that can change all the outcomes. But either way, it was interesting. I also have a quick update on the Elon and United Food Nations drama because I think this is just great. It's not much of an update, but so I, I'm sure as you know the story went where 
you know, every year this happens, someone came out and was like, if Elon Musk would just donate $6 billion, 2% of his net worth, we could solve world hunger. And he said, I'll do it right now. Tell me how the money would be spent. I'll do it today. I'll sell Tesla stock. And so then the guy reached out and he was like, this is awesome. Thanks for participating. Uh, let's meet up and do it. And he's like, no, I want public, I want like public knowledge of this. I want you to put it on here on Twitter with a public ledger. And I want to see how your money's been spent up until this far. And he said, ah, uh, yeah, uh, I'll have my people talk to your people. We'll, we'll, we'll meet up on a common ground. And he's like, no, 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 right here, right now, put the books together and show me where the money's going because I don't believe you. And he's like, ah, you just laughed it off. And I was like, no, this is absolutely why people have a problem with this kind of things and we have trust issues. It's ridiculous. Everything needs done behind closed doors for some reason. It makes you wonder what type of skeletons they have in their closet. Yeah, well, you know, then you can obviously go back to what we talked about before, which is where did that $8.5 billion that they raised in 2015 go or something like that? That's, that's paraphrasing, but the point being, mm -hmm. it, I'm glad someone's finally standing up to the fake charities. So that's not to call anyone a fake charity, but it's a lot of schemers around here, and schemers kill me. Okay, either yeah, way. That's the thing. Yep. Is that the heart of it? Every charity is a company, a corporation to some sort, and right. it's filling someone's pockets. They're paying people to work for them, even if it's not like directly uh, meant to like make someone rich. Like you still got CEOs and all this type of thing that are gonna make a ton of money just by like being the head of a chair. I totally agree. And I don't wanna fault anyone because I actually firmly do believe that at the end of the day, everyone believes that they're doing the right thing and everyone's trying to do the right thing. I just think that somehow maybe it works out that they end up getting filthy rich and that the money doesn't actually get spent where it needs to get spent, but that they did try to do the right thing. So that's my rant for the day. Good rant. <laughs> I appreciate it. Who was it? I was listening to Pardon My Take, which is one of the Barstool Sports podcasts, and it turns out one of the hosts there also hates grocery stores. So you've got a, you've got a grocery store hater on there with you too. <laughs> Sounds like I have an in a bar stool now. Yeah, you've got someone. You should reach out and try. But all right, let's get down to business. So we'll get started on the tech stuff. The first thing I want to do a quick shout out to us. We're working on an awesome project that is kind of live that we're going. We're calling it Technamental. It's going to be a heck of a lot of fun, cool product, especially if you like to participate in the market. So be on the lookout for that. We'll obviously be promoting it as it goes. But either way, I just wanted to plug that real quick because I'm allowed to because it's our show and. Uh, <laughs> We'll get off that high horse real quick and move back into Elon's stuff. Dude's had a heck of a week. So Jeff Bezos came over and was like, hey, we're going to sue you uh, because you won this contract with NASA to do, what is it? I have it pulled up. It's it, like the details are really lame, which is kind of boring. But the premise of it was that NASA awarded a mass, it was a, about a $3 billion contract um, to build the lunar lander to SpaceX. And so obviously Blue Origin, which is Jeff Bezos' company, was like, no, this is not right. Can't believe you guys are doing this. So they tried to sue him over basically like uh, some kind of safety issue that they had on there. And so basically NASA came back and said, yeah, it sucks to suck. We're the government and uh, you can't sue the government because the government did something that you didn't like. And that was a giant flop on Jeff's part. Like, I don't know why he thought that that would work. Yeah, I remember uh, when the quote came out a couple weeks ago and we discussed Elon said no one ever made it to the moon by suing people. That's true. And, uh, That's it's true. It's funny that, that Bezos ended up eventually failing with this lawsuit. Um, yeah, it didn't make it very far. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, like you like you said here, everyone loves Elon. And Seriously. Bezos is kind of public enemy number one to a lot of a lot of different individuals well yeah but i mean for good reason too is because he tries to fight his wars with lawyers and stuff like that and he just kind of bullies and buys out and monopolizes stuff and while over there in 
Tesla and SpaceX, they're like, oh, what if we do something new and better and we make like we literally make a better product to solve the same problem and people are going to come over to us because we have more we we're more competitive. Bam. That's true. And if Elon doesn't like something, he doesn't get his lawyers involved. He'll just go to Twitter and call you out. <laughs> well, that's true. He's got so much damn clout these days. Oh, either yeah. way. All right. That was basically just that. I think we're going to hear more about that over the weekend because I don't. Amazon always gets their way one way or another, but it's probably not going to be very direct. I think it'll be kind of hidden. They'll, they'll figure something out. So I'm thrilled that we get to move on to car stuff. Matt, you've got the car news today. All right. So I'm super excited about this. Me I know. Too. Uh, previously talked about uh, Ford having what they called the Illuminator crate engine, which is basically a crate engine that is electric powered that you can swap and toss in anything you want and make it electric. Mm -hmm. Well, they're doubling down on that and they're throwing it in their own truck. They're going to take 1978 Heritage, Heritage Edition F100s and toss this Illuminator engine in there and produce them as fully electric trucks. It's like the coolest damn thing ever. You're going to pull up on some dude who's driving like a this tiny, super old little like 70s Ford truck, not making any noise. You're going to be like, huh, I wonder what that is. And then all of a sudden, bam, he's gone. <laughs> Just quarter mile done. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of really confused senior citizens. Oh, it's going to be amazing. Oh, I can't wait. And it's like, it's beautiful because car design back then was so pretty. Yeah, and they kind of modernized it. They did a resto mod type thing. The wheels look totally new and different. It's just really cool that they took and they're blending these older, classic-style, beautiful cars and taking new technology and tossing it in there. I couldn't agree more, and I, I want to see the muscle cars. That's all I want. I want the, like, the 20s because, obviously, this is now the 20s, which is weird to say, but I want like our generation's 20s to be the 20s of old, electric, rest, like restored muscle cars. I just think that would be incredible. That'd be a cool thing to be known for. Yeah, I think so too. And so doubling down on this, so the truck itself, it's kind of, they're going to steal some parts from their Mach-E Mustang GT, the SUV that John really hates. Hate it. But they're <laughs> taking some parts from that and they're going to make it a 480 horsepower truck with 634 foot-pounds of torque. So that's not a lot of power and it's, a, it's an okay amount of torque. And I know, I understand the torque power is higher because it's electric, but you have under that, you said it's for sale for only four. 4,000? Is that the engine? Yeah, the crate engine itself only kicks out 281 uh, horsepower and 370 foot-pounds of torque. Yeah, it's not and very that's much that's selling for $4,000. Okay, so that's that's why it's so cheap. It doesn't make a whole lot of power. For an electric engine, no, but it's also like, this is the first of its kind where we're taking a crate engine that you can swap and drop into just about anything with limited space. It's true. And that's still making more than just about every single mid-sized sedan, even entry-level muscle cars right now. It's true. That's true. Pretty much any of like the small. Okay, yeah. So, but my other question is, electric engine itself is a bit of an oxymoron. It doesn't really make any sense because there is no engine. There's a battery that's hooked up to a computer that tells the axles to move. Where does the engine go, and what does it look like, and is it huge or is it small? I don't understand. They didn't really elaborate on that, but I assume what they're trying to do is utilize the already in place uh, mechanics that cars have to drive the wheels. And yeah. they're just going to connect like the drive shaft to this electric motor and battery that will sit in the bay. So that makes sense. And it's Ford. They're going to do the least amount of work possible to put out the product and sell it at the highest price they can because it's just what Ford does. I just, 
uh, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. I think this is a project. I think it's a teaser project. I really do. It, it's too good. It's way too good to be true. And it's Ford. They they screw everything up besides the F one fifty Lightning, which I love. I think worst case, it's pushing the envelope enough for companies like Tesla and Elon Musk to go, oh, that's cool. There's a lot of interest in that. We're going to take a Tesla motor, somehow fit it in the size and shape of a crate engine, and then we're going to sell them to people. That's a that's a great thought. I, I actually really hope that that's the case, because if they prove that it makes money, then the futuristic companies like Tesla are going to be like, oh, yeah, now we have to make cars actually look good because their cars really don't look good. They're just bubbles and they're super round. And there's going to be some Tesla people out there. They're going to hate on that. But it is what it is. Your car's damn boring looking. I'm yeah. hating on that. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. But like, it's just, there, there's nothing special it. about it. If you if you saw... Okay, it, the only difference is that there's no grill. And like the back looks a little bit different. There's no exhaust. It's There's no styling on it at all. Mm. I know you disagree. I know, I know. It's fine. We can move on. I don't want to get into a fight. <laughs> but... Either way. Okay, so moving forward just a little bit, yep. another Ford note is that they're showcasing a 1,400 horsepower fully electric ah. Mustang Overjet at SEMA right now. Yes, yes, so, this excites me. This excites me. It so is. they're bringing muscle and horsepower and all of the great things that all the car guys love in electric now. This is fantastic. Is, they haven't really reached that market yet all that much. Man. So 1400 horsepower for references and I drive a I drive a six-year-old Mustang and it doesn't have the massive engine in it But that is f it is four of my engines on top of each other. Is that's how much power that is? That's 1400 horsepower is enormous. That's so much power. I love that yeah, This isn't like at that amount. That's not something that like you can just go out and drive and buy like, no. you have to be someone who is like really good at driving to handle anything over a thousand horsepower i doubt uh, it's electric too which means that you take your foot off the brakes and nothing happens but at the same time there's it's got to be like a really specific professional setup to where it's just designed to you hit the start button you jam the pedal and it just takes off and they're like it's got to be stupid proof at that point it's just just put you back in your seat <laughs> oh my god it's gonna be so fast i love it did you ever see the mustang lithium Hmm? Any of you? No. Okay, so what they did, which is really cool, and I wish they'd do it, is they literally just took like a 2018-2019 Mustang, looked totally normal, decked it out, threw an electric engine in it that made, I think, nine, seven to 900 horsepower, something, somewhere in that range, which is just, a, again, a ton of power, ready to go. And they built it, somehow found a way to put a manual transmission in it that worked with an electric motor, don't know how, and then they just were like, yeah, we're never going to make this. I was like, what? <laughs> Why? It's right there. We're so, we're this close to greatness. It's right there. Bummed me out. That is a bummer. You know, what made me think of something here, just talking about all these electric reworks of trucks and, uh, and, the, new, and the Mustang there. And we're, we're pretty large video game guys as well over here at, uh, at Feel Good Finance. Except those terms. Yeah, whenever we can, you know, find the time to play. I saw the new Forza Horizon is coming out here soon. Yeah. And for any listeners who don't know, Forza Horizon is a racing game, essentially, where you can drive around wherever the game is set in almost any car known to man. Do you think you can put an electric vehicle in a Forza game like that and then make it feel different from the regular gas-powered vehicles? Yeah, they actually did that. So they have two different kinds of Forza. Forza Motorsport and then Forza Horizon. And the only difference is that in Motorsport, their goal is to make a simulator that's 
very realistic for the people who are absolute nuts about this stuff. So they did have a Tesla model. It's like the P100D, like the super fast one. And this was a few years ago. And it was like not fun in the game at all. Because like literally all you did is just push the trigger and you, you go fast. And that's it. So <laughs> that was it. I, I'm Again, Pretty I'm a nerd. I plan. Real life. Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly right. But uh, yeah. So they made it work. And, you know, obviously instead of the RPMs and everything, they basically just had a meter that just went up and top power and <laughs> no power. That was it. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I guess in video games you want to be able to shift and stuff. And I'm a nerd, so yes, absolutely. Yeah. I I play on the manual setting for everything. Yeah, <laughs> you don't want to just happy. hit pedal and go. No, it's 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 fun for me. All right, I'm sorry, we got off on a tangent, Matt. You have one more thing down there that I'd love to hear yes. about. So I've got one last note, and more pushing out the electric to more groups of car guys that aren't really receptive to it. There is a company called Web Motorworks, and I just saw this today where basically they're taking these electric crate motors and they're hiding them inside engines styled to look like small and big block V8s, flatheads, Hemis, V12s. Their whole point is they want like classic car people, uh, sports car people to take and swap out their internal combustion engine and slap in an electric motor that looks just the same. That makes sense to me. And also, it's going to have the weight, so you don't have to deal with the whole weird weight distribution factor. And like, because the electric cars are totally different than usual. That's a cool idea. Yeah, and so I think if you look them up on Instagram, you can see some of the different photos of like engines they've kicked out where like it looks externally almost exactly like an internal combustion engine. Wow. But internally, it's fully electric. Yeah, so I, I would think for the, like the rational human being would hear that and say, okay, you've created more work for yourself and made this more complicated. But for myself, who's not a rational human being, this is awesome. That's W E B B Motorworks. So I'm gonna I'm gonna check this out after the show, and I'm really excited. And I guess if you give a damn about cars, you should go do that too. Yeah, I agree. It's probably one of the coolest things that I've seen uh, these electric car companies come out with. Oh, well, you know, it was bound to happen that we'd finally eventually have people who are, oh, wait, you just put the picture. That's really cool looking. It looks like an old engine. Wow. It's like, you know, like the shiny. They used to look really shiny and nice and kind of simple. It's beautiful. Yeah. So I would definitely Google that if I was you. Uh, it looks like an engine connected to a thing. Pretty cool. <laughs> it's the best I can do. All right. So any more on the car stuff? No, that's all it for me. Good stuff. Okay, so we're moving on to finance, investment, world stuff. Uh, I, I had a thought. I thunk a thought to the, this week as I was sitting there. And, you know, everyone, the new buzzword is meta because Facebook, and that's all anyone can talk about is the metaverse, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, okay, this has massive, massive similarities to the dot-com bubble where companies would literally just put anything. It was internet, space, dot-com, any of those buzzwords, they would throw it in the company name. Regardless of what they did, people would buy the stock. Their price would skyrocket. And obviously, it all came crashing down once everyone realized that most of these companies didn't do anything. They were dudes in a basement. And I'm really concerned that that's probably going to happen. At some, I'm not actually concerned because I think there's enough real companies out there doing stuff in the crypto and DeFi world that it's going to be okay. And especially now that we have big players like Visa, MasterCard, those type of companies and Morgan Stanley and all those, they're involved in it, so it's okay. But there's definitely going to be, I think, a realization at some point that most of these companies that are capitalizing on the whole metaverse concept are absolute and total frauds and have nothing behind them. I agree 100%. And at first, I was initially going to chime in here and say that I think any company that's getting involved right now is going to be okay, and then it's going to be the bears who wait until it's proven to be 
like a like a big deal that try to jump in last second that are going to get stung. But now that I think about it, there are way too many companies saying they're getting involved in the metaverse right now. They're just buzzing. I yeah, I highly question whether they're even doing anything. I mean, every day I see, every other day I see a new company like Nike is now in the metaverse. Yeah. Oh really? What's Nike doing in the metaverse? Where even is the metaverse right now? I mean, there is. I mean, you could say there's a metaverse right now, but there's a bunch of segmented versions of metaverses is the best you could do until Daddy Zuckerberg can unite the metaverses underneath his rule. There is no one singular metaverse. There's the Oculus platform and there's the there's this platform, that platform. There's so many different verses of the meta. Papa Zuck, I handed him a I handed him a nice check uh, the other day. No, we both just got the new Oculus, and I I am in love. It's so much fun. It is so much fun. Holy cow! I just I, I cannot imagine what someone would do with this technology if they could see it for like fifty years ago. They'd they'd be like, this is the greatest thing to have ever been invented, and it is terrifying. You would melt their brains. It would be like in the first Indiana Jones movie, whenever they open up the uh, the <laughs> chest thing and yeah. all their skin just melted off and they died. That's right. I think I think you'd break a human being if you took this back. Like, <laughs> yeah, fifty years. I was gonna say a hundred, but no, fifty. Okay, we talk- I think it would break people's heads. Fifty years. I mean, time is moving so fast. I love this. I love this quote. I've had this quote for a long time. Where I don't remember who was talking about it, but they said basically, if we could develop a time machine. And go back in time with just ourselves and an iPhone, people would be more astounded by the iPhone than they would the time machine. I'm wondering, oh. at what point do we get where the there's something that, like, instead of an iPhone, that outpaces the time machine? Because I think that's really the biggest piece of technology that would astound people. I mean, you could take a car, probably, and they would be blown away if it was, like, 500 years ago. I mean, remember the days back when someone was like, nothing ever replaced horses. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, well, we'll see how that went. <laughs> that's a good question i mean technology is moving so fast nowadays so fast i think i think there's a chance in 10 years there'd be something if you showed me right now today i'd be like that's bs that's a cool thought though like that, that's something worth getting excited about and if you're ever having a bad day just think about that you're like you have no idea what's coming the next five years are going to be incredible uh yeah hopefully <laughs> fingers crossed <laughs> if you would have showed me an oculus headset 10 years ago i would have called you a liar because i remember I just, whenever they uh, were coming out with the real cheap versions of virtual reality headsets like uh, some you could get for 10 bucks at toys r us and it was like a little they would beep boop beep and mm-hmm. things just flashed and i was like what is this this isn't virtual reality i never thought i would be alive to experience virtual reality i thought it was so far off i'm thinking oh i'm gonna be 50 and have no desire to get involved in this and here it is smack dab in the middle of our 20s yep i just you think like childhood you would just have an absolute ball so there, there's a couple star wars games on there and obviously we're star wars nerds so i went and I, I got one of those and i'm sitting there and i'm like oh my god even at 24 i'm holding a lightsaber like this is the best day of my life <laughs> this is incredible <laughs> so it's just goofy it is so much fun i i cannot recommend it enough it's the perfect gift this christmas because Believe it or not, the supplies there. I just went down to GameStop. They had 10 in stock. It's not like the PS5 or the Xbox Series X. Somehow, they have a lot. Well, I know how. It's because it's been on the market for a, a while now. But not even a while. I guess a year. But there's stock out there. It's a great Christmas gift this year. Look into it. I couldn't believe that there was any inventory. So whenever I decided to get mine, as I actually checked the store's website to make sure they had them, I said, yeah, we have. this is in stock. I didn't tell you how many. So I went there. The case was empty, and I was like, oh, crap. I have to fight rush hour traffic for nothing. 
And uh, then I went over. I was like, hey, you guys have these? And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to check in the back. And goes out and pulls out two. And I was like, wow, that's pretty <laughs> darn cool. So I was thrilled. But, okay, <laughs> we've done enough Oculus stuff. <laughs> I could well, We can talk about this all night. So I, we'll yep. move on. <laughs> it's still fresh. Well, thankfully, the, the next one's pretty interesting. So it came out a little bit earlier this week that Hertz is going to be getting 100,000 Teslas uh, added to their fleet. And my big point was Hertz is bankrupt. They don't have any money. How are they going to do this? And a lot of people had the same thought. So forgetting all that, even moving forward, it was a great piece came out today, which is your yesterday. And it made me laugh so hard because <laughs> Hertz is over here like, yeah, we're getting uh, we're getting our 100,000 Teslas by the end of 2022. And so a Tesla rep came on and said, huh, that's weird. I didn't know we were delivering 100,000 Teslas by 2022. <laughs> And they were like, yeah, you told us so. And they said, no, we, we thought we were giving you 10,000 a year for the next 10 years. <laughs> I just, I love that. So Elon Musk came out, obviously, and he said, uh, this is a direct quote. He said, uh, was it? yeah, the Hertz, Hertz's deal has zero effect on our economics, which basically means that they have such crazy power. And they, like the demand is so far there that it doesn't matter if they don't have the supply they're going to sell in those giant bulk orders at the exact same price that they're going to be selling to consumers on the road because they can and they're able to and the demand is right there. It's glaring you in the face. So Hertz, the bankrupt company who didn't know what their order in this deal was going to look like, now isn't going to have all those Teslas ready to go and they're paying fair market value. This company's going to be dead by Christmas. There's no way. Yeah, Hertz is killing itself. And isn't half of those supposed to go to Uber? So where's Uber's part in this? Where they're like, where the hell's our 50,000 Teslas, huh, Hertz? Yeah, so they must have inked the deal with Uber by the same time that they just inked this deal with Tesla that wasn't actually the deal they thought. I don't know. What a mess, man. What a mess. I hope... Someone messed up. Someone's not going to have a job come Christmas. I hope it gets don't figured out. Don't they have out. lawyers to read these contracts? Like, I thought there's, like, whole contract law for this. Like, you can read how much they're going to get. That's the main yeah. point. Well, so don't they review the purchase orders? Like the legal teams they're, they're bankrupt they got the free lawyers <laughs> they get the they just pick some public defenders <laughs> <laughs> they, well, i was thinking they probably like walked to the nearest law school and they're like hey you've graduated yet no you close yeah close enough all right you're good <laughs> what if you're a chief counsel <laughs> yep yeah that'd be great and you know they thought they've got the uh, best job in the world yeah, wow, Chief Counsel Hurts, hell yeah. I'd be like, I'm making the big bucks. So Purchase funny. order, all right, 100000 by uh, 2022, okay. Yeah, hey, Jimmy, does this look good? Uh, yeah, it looks good. Did you read it? Uh, kind of. <laughs> no, that's what, it, that's what it sounds like happened. I mean, shit, Hurts should hire me to be on their legal team. I could have just signed off on something without reading it. I think it's great. I don't know. What a mess. I there was some Avis news too, but to be honest, I didn't look into it. So you know, it's a bad year to be a rental car company. How's Hertz's stock look after this? Do you know? Did they take a hit? I haven't even looked. I think they still. I think they had a really positive impact on both Tesla and Hertz because everyone thought, okay, this is great. We're going to see more Teslas in the road. Actually, so that is where the quote came from from Elon. He was like, "I don't know why our stock price went up. It literally does nothing for us to make this deal happen. Like we don't make any more money." <laughs> So, that's why i love you on right there yeah he was just dead dead set like i it doesn't make sense people are psychotic but i'm cool with it because it makes me very rich <laughs> elon was like stonks stonk <laughs> <laughs> that gets me every time that gets me. i had a laugh about it holy cow oh man okay all right all right the next one's pretty good too this is a big uh 
big news that everyone totally saw coming. So the Federal Reserve is going to reduce their uh, their massive asset purchase they've been doing by $15 billion a little bit later this month. So beginning of this year, a little bit uh, last year, just to keep the economy moving, what the Federal Reserve was doing is they were buying $120 billion worth of assets, which could be anything from uh, bond purchases, pretty much any securities that companies offered uh, that they would need purchase because if the, if the Fed is spending all this money, it keeps everything chugging along, it keeps interest rates really low, people can borrow money very cheaply, uh, which is an incentive to take on new projects and to start and do great new things to keep everything moving. So that was why they were doing it. And now they've said, okay, we're confident that everything's been going so well, we're going to pull back a little bit. And it was funny, I was, I was talking to someone this morning about it. Said, oh yeah, you see what the Fed says? Something was, yeah, yeah, it's, just, well, it's crazy. It was like, what do you think that means? And I just sat there and I was like, well, I don't really know. I have no clue. It's like fifteen billion in my mind is a ginormous amount of money, but in the grand scheme of things, that's what twenty fifteen percent of that number. So, I don't know. Uh, we might see an impact. We might not. I think it's so far out of their hands. It's just like not a big deal. Yeah, I mean, whenever you say fifteen billion, I think that's a lot. But compare that to one hundred twenty billion, and I'm like, eh. Who yeah. Knows? Yeah, I don't know what it means. We'll see. It will be interesting. So, I found a comparison. Okay. So, it, the cost of a U.S. Navy nuclear submarine. All right. Is three billion. So it's roughly <laughs> five submarines. Dude, they're buying so much debt. It's unbelievable. It's crazy. Nuts. But like, that's small when you think that's only five submarines. Okay. I don't. I disagree. I think five submarines is a, it's a, it's, that's a lot of submarines. <laughs> it's a ton. Well, when you think of the amount of like military stuff we have in planes and submarines and ships and aircraft carriers and all of this type of stuff, that's not a grand amount of money in the spending budget scheme here. Okay, well now we're getting into policy stuff, and I don't know if we should go down that path <laughs> because I totally. No, I agree. I'm just saying for comparison here. Yeah. Okay, I see what you're saying. I get it. I get it. I don't know. It would be. So I actually I actually do have an interest rate hedge in my portfolio, and it's just been dying the whole past year. And it would be kind of nice to make that money back. So you know what? If rates come up a little bit, I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it. Just a little. Doesn't have to be crazy. I need them to stay low. I'm going to be taking out more student loans. We need rates low. Yeah, just keep refinance everything right now because it might change soon. Oh, man. So what I always hear, the part of my take always does like the cross-country mortgage uh, advertisements. And... I think this is like, uh, I hate to be slanderous, but this is like the most brutal lying advertisement ever where they're like, rates may never be this low again. And I'm like, you just stop. You're just trying to bring people in by making statements that you don't know true. Technically, that is a true statement, but don't capitalize on that. That's a ridiculous thing to say. You're just trying to make people scared so that they go to you and you make money. It's goofy. Yeah, like you said, never use the word never. And well, I mean, they I said, they're putting the may yeah. word in front of it, may never, but still, I mean, it, it ebbs and flows. It will go back. It's going to go up, but it'll go back down and then it'll go up again and then it'll go down. I'm a big fan of play the market that you're in and play it correctly and cover your butt when you need to. Don't play tomorrow's market, play today's market. So right now we're in an environment where people are getting rich every day off cryptocurrency and all this stuff. And there's no reason to buy bonds. And you should take care of yourself and always have a little bit extra spending money, even though money's cheap right now. Play by those rules. And someone's like, John, what do you think about this? Like, well, why not? Everyone else is playing the game. Do a little bit. In a different environment, I would tell you something differently. People will say, no, I'm going to stay out because in five months from now, everything may come crashing down. I'm like, okay, well, in that five months, 
you've missed a lot of events and you may still be wrong. You don't know. Play for today, not for tomorrow. Yep. You never know what the future holds. Yep. Okay. Like, uh, yeah, you don't want to be on the sidelines. I totally agree with that. Speaking of the sidelines, so I've never been to one. Have you ever been to a Kroger's? I have, but like not on a regular basis. Like there's none up here in PA. The only reason I'd ever go to a Kroger's is if I was passing through a state and had to stop real quick or uh, on like a random vacation and they had Kroger's. You guys have stuff up there that we don't have like Giant Eagle, right? Yeah, we got Giant Eagle and Shop and Save. Okay, so yeah, we don't have those down here. We just, Florida just has Publix. We got Publix and Walmart, but everyone has Walmart. Matt, have you been to a Kroger's? No. Okay, so... Kroger's is moving into Florida because they want to take on Publix, which I think, you know, you're you're punching up a little bit outside your weight class there. Uh, good luck. Floridians are loyal to Publix to the death. Um, we will we will die on that hill five times over. But there is a kick to this one. They're not going to open any physical stores, which I actually think is a really good idea because then it's going to be less expensive and all this stuff. So what they're doing is they've built big old automated warehouse big enough to fit eight football fields in it that's ginormous i don't have the exact square footage but i think it's got to be over a million that's a lot so they have robots in there that take the orders and they bring the orders from the warehouse to the drivers for delivery and the drivers go out and make sure you get your groceries and they somehow racked up about 900 workers since they've been putting this together and i'm blown away that they could find the amount they could find that amount of people to do this kind of work I, I don't I don't really understand how because everyone's struggling to find workers right now or to find workers that will work for what they're offering them. They're probably not paying them very much. But I feel like as a company as big as Kroger, they can probably offer the benefits that smaller companies can't when it comes to restaurants and smaller town like mom and pop shops type thing. They can offer the benefits that make up for the lower pay. And I think that's probably what drives people in whether it's matching contributions to 401ks or whatever else, they can do things to bring people in that other people can't. That's a good point, and it's probably true, actually. I don't really know what Amazon's benefits look like, but with the amount of people that they have, they probably have to do something similar, even though you apparently don't get to have bathroom breaks. <laughs> that would be a nightmare. They're smart not going uh, into the physical store location, because I know people in Florida that would sacrifice their life for a pub sub. Yep. And... Uh, Having come down to visit you throughout my life, I do agree. If there's any people not in Florida out there listening who have never had a pub sub, they're uh, they're legit. Publix, do. Publix is great. I okay. So I I totally agree with you. It was smart because if you had to choose a physical store, I will nine times out of ten choose a Publix. And on that one time, it's gonna be a Walmart. I also love Walmart, but this way it's convenience. If someone doesn't want to get up and go do something, they don't give a damn about where it's coming from it's just going to show up and they're going to pay the extra whatever fee right mm-hmm. right all right so yep. yeah i, was I gonna uh, say, you grocery stores like myself too i've honestly considered <laughs> paying someone to go through a grocery shop for me and then either deliver it to my house or all i have to do is pull up and they'll load it in my trunk i've considered that every sunday when i pull up to the grocery store and i see the one car sitting in the pickup uh parking spot I'm like, that man thought ahead this morning. You should get he a, woke up and used his brain. I should, did not. You should get HelloFresh. That's pretty I think that's what they do, isn't it? Yeah. HelloFresh kind of sends you like meal kits though, I think, and like pre I think they're kinda of like blue apron. I don't know. I haven't looked into it where they like meal plan for you and send you the ingredients and then you you're set for the week. Huh. All right. Well, Maybe you sense. can choose though. I think you can choose what meals you want and they'll send you what you need to make it. So I guess in a way, yeah. 
It's similar, but not the same as getting the groceries and doing it yourself. Yeah, although I probably could use it. Uh, my girlfriend keeps telling me we have to start eating healthy now because all I cook is burgers, mac and cheese with a ton of butter in it, ground meat, corn, just like the most unhealthy things you can think of. That's my specialty. I was so ready to come to your side until you said that. I was, I was going to be like, Joey, your girlfriend doesn't eat meat, and that's like the most unhealthy thing you can do is avoid avoid the massive protein and iron you get from meat. Yeah, but I think I can't she defend got burst you now. out by meat because I made her – I, I – when my class started on Monday nights and we had to start recording on Tuesdays now instead, I usually was home to cook the burgers and mac and cheese, so she never had to watch the burgers be cooked. <laughs> and that first time I wasn't there, she beat me home from her class, so she made the burgers, and she saw all the juice coming out of it, out of it, and was like, "Oh, the blood! I can't! I can't! Oh, I can't eat this now that I see what what the meat looks like while it's cooking. All the blood." And so that's what kind of killed the meat thing. Medium rare. Perfect. Yummy. That's what I said. That's the only way to have a burger. Oh, that's what I rare. told her. <laughs> I said there needs to be a little pink. I'm not going to eat rubber. You actually know the burger is cooked when the juices start coming out of the top. That's like, that's the way you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's what you told me. That's what I go by. Whenever I see the juices, I flip. When I see the juices again, I put my cheese on, cover the pan for like, I don't know, two minutes. Boom. Good to go. Yep. It's perfect. You just got to have a little meat thermometer, make sure they're good. But okay. All right. All right. Let's move on to real estate. Sound good? <laughs> yep. Okay. So the only actual thing I have for real estate is still pretty juicy. Uh, so Zillow has had a really bad week. Oh, ho, ho, man. They've had a terrible week. So this came, it came out like earlier in the week, maybe a little bit late last week, that their iBuying platform, which is just I and the word buying, it was their platform used for flipping homes. And so their goal was we're gonna come in, uh, make the home more valuable, and then sell it back. The only issue is they've been fighting with Blackstone, which is a really bad idea because Blackstone actually runs the world and they can they can basically suicide your company if they need to. They just own everything. And, um, it didn't. It hasn't gone well. <laughs> iBuying lost them so much money. I don't know how exactly it lost them money. I think they just overpaid in a lot of stuff and then weren't able to justify an even more ridiculous price on the way up in addition to having to pay construction costs, labor, and all that kind of stuff. So I think just high price environment, maybe that was a bad move on their part. Regardless, I think it's going to be okay if we have a little bit of a loss here. A slowdown in the crazy housing prices would not hurt everyone. I think enough people have bought their second homes that they're like, okay, all right, we're good. We can chill for a little bit. Be all right. All right, my first gripe here is why do we keep putting the letter I in front of everything? Steve Jobs did it and it was cool. <laughs> yeah, it was um, cute in the early 2000s. I was a little sick of it. Yep. My CRM platform I use at work is called iSell. There's <laughs> what the f- why why is there an i there but do but do you sell yeah i sell i buying i wombo you wombo study of wombology i'm gonna come up with something unique steve jobs did it it was cool now i mean unless you're apple i don't want to see an i in front of it because then i get tricked into thinking you're a part of apple i i actually agree it was a super lame choice on their part. It was everything was I in the early two thousands, but no longer we are in the age of electric muscle cars. The twenties, we're ready to go. We need no more eyes. We need use. Yep, we we are electric muscle cars and Meta. <laughs> now we can put Meta buying in, but maybe that's where we'll go next. But uh, my second point was Blackstone's just like the mafia back in the day, man. You don't want to bite the hand that feeds you. You you pay them for protection. You don't go to war with them. It's a little scary. Yeah, they were just buying houses from each other constantly. I, oh, yeah, well, they scare me. But yeah, you ask Godfather for permission. You don't go against them. It's true. <laughs> like okay. I don't, Blackstone is. It was Blackstone that killed 
Zillow, though. I think Zillow killed Zillow because they were buying these up and they weren't necessarily renovating them all. They were just buying them and everything else, which drives prices up due to decreased supply. And they made some sales, which was good, but it also meant the houses they were continuing to buy were higher and higher, too. So I think they killed themselves. I I partially agree with that, but they were also competing with the com- Blackstone was has been buying houses for the last two or three years. They've been sucking up every single property they can find and then selling it and then buying it again. So it, it was a price war. I mean, that's basically what happened. I think they're just trying to get a piece of the pie and they just weren't big enough to hold on to it. It's probably true. All right. You know what? Fine. I, I'll go 50-50 on there with you. But when, when did Zillow start? Do you know? It's got to be the early 2000s. Because they're an app-based company, right? They've been on like online for forever. I know my parents have used them like to keep track of like what houses are going up and down on the market. Joey, could you look it up real quick? I'm genuinely curious. It is a web-based service as well because they use like Google Maps type technology. But right. Ooh, no, I have no idea. Yeah, I used I used Zillow to buy my house. Um, Zillow began on this in December 2004 out of Seattle, Washington. That makes sense. They became public though in 2011. Okay, well, I mean that's totally fine too. All right, so they get the iPass. That's totally fine because if they're in the early 2000s, you get the iPass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I guess I give them an iPass, but I still I'm maybe I'm an old old grumpy man. I think. <laughs> think i i means apple sure all right i'll give it to you okay you guys ready for wait matt i don't know i i, I disagree <laughs> i just can't let this go <laughs> I, i'm on john's side they've here. been buying from think, each other just back and forth with china and just got screwed uh, i don't know we're gonna have to draw i need more research before we do this so we can do that next show <laughs> is that okay i'm down for full-on debate I'll, I'll take it all right even if i'm just devil's advocate i'll take it that's fine this is, it's exactly why you're here this is perfect i love it okay let's move on to the fun stuff crypto and DeFi. we got a little bit of stuff here so uh, i'm getting sick of watching people get rich off of dog coins and shiba inu and all that stuff i'm, I'm sick of it because people are people are escaping like they're they're winning the game is here to be won and if you win the game you don't have to do anything you get to do whatever you want you've made the money you're okay you park it in an s&p 500 index fund live off ninety thousand bucks a year just off that pay your taxes and get really low-key i am so jealous i have massive fomo just watching 20 year olds do this and win and they're out they're good they're like yeah we won it's a bummer yeah, they're winning doing what you're not supposed to do, mm-hmm. buying coins like Shiba Inu and Doge. It's yep. like, no, that's, that's it, it, one plus one. It's like saying one plus one equals three, and it actually works somehow. Right, and the like the actual issue, I hate to be a downer here, but the actual issue is, and we've talked about this a while ago, it's going to break our brains. We're totally going, because we're, we're so short thinking, and we're totally going to break our brains into thinking that this is a normal environment, this is okay, that things are never going to change. That actually may be so. I don't know. I don't predict the future. But if it does go back to the way that things have been for the past since the market existed, which is very cyclical, that behavior doesn't work in that environment. And there's going to be a lot of people who end up totally losing everything. I don't know. It I just... agree. This is like the dot-com bubble, except it's crypto. And like you said, the ones that get in, make their money, and then get out and put it elsewhere... They'll be fine, but yep. I think the very, very large majority of them are getting in and staying in, and those are going to be the ones that ride it to the top and then right back down to the bottom. Of course, and obviously there's a lot to do with 
like pricing of goods and services and everything else going on in the world. There's so many factors to deal with. So I was I, I thought about it because I just wanted to torture myself in the shower today. I was like, okay, <laughs> if I made, I don't know, $50 million off some random crypto play. And I was like, that that's an absurd amount of money at this point in time as I made $50 million. What the heck would I do with it? And I was like, I would literally do that. It would all go into an SP 500 index fund because that has never lost over any decent period of time. That is the benchmark. It's okay. Like, I, you'd be fine. I would literally never, have, you'd never have to work a day in your life. You'd be okay. That interest alone is unbelievable. So I made myself sad just thinking about that, that I could literally do it. I could just hang out with my family and friends and do whatever I wanted. But oh well. Maybe tomorrow. That'd be fun. Yeah. That would be so much. And get old muscle cars and drive them around. Yeah. I'd buy a Tesla, pay off my house, and then the only other thing I need money for at that point is travel. Get a dog and hang out. Go see Italy. Yeah. That's great. (laughs) It would be great. How do we get there? Oh, man. How do we get from A to B? We have to just put put $1,000 on every every garbage little coin out there and... If one of them hits, you're good to go forever. And if you lose the other several thousand bucks, no big deal. You've got millions. Oh, it's like gambling. Like, who would have thought Shiba Inu, a stupid little dog, was going to make every like make a handful of millionaires, billionaires, etc. All right. Hindsight. It's the meme coin of a meme coin. Yeah, literally a coin of a coin. So I've thought about this. And hindsight's actually beating the crap out of me on this one, too. Because if you look back at it, you think, this makes sense. This had to win. It's a... So... When Dogecoin came out, the guy literally came out and said, all right, this thing is a joke. It's stupid. It doesn't make any sense. I'm not trying to do anything here. Like, do whatever you want. It's a joke. This guy came out and he said, all right, so I'm actually taking this seriously. Like, I actually want to like, build a community and do this stuff, but it's the same concept. And I was like, wait a minute. It makes perfect sense. The things that people were looking for in the original one, they can find in this new one. I, it seems too easy. I don't know why I didn't see it coming. Oh, uh, right. just... now we got to find the next step though. That's what I'm thinking. I was like, what are, what are we missing here? Like there's a whole bunch of, there's a whole bunch of kids out there with a whole ton of money that they're willing to fork over to you or anyone who has these <laughs> things. I mm. just, I show them what's what sell them the thing at a ridiculous price, but okay. All right. We got to move off here. I'm, I'm getting red in the face. <laughs> I see a couple hairs going gray right now. There's so many gray hairs. Ugh. All right. I have a Mark Cuban tweet here and I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was something along the lines of where uh, Cuban took to Twitter and said, there's really never been a better time to speculate on ridiculous, like new things that don't make any sense. And so obviously some, some tight ass, uh, some financial guy who writes about economics and stuff was like, I don't know why I don't need to tell you guys this stuff, but don't ever put your money, blah, blah, blah. And Cuban was like, why? Why the heck not? We're watching people get rich every single day and escape the game. Obviously, there has to be like a change. There has to be a cycle change of some kind coming in the future. But right now, why the heck not? Put some of your disposable income that you don't care about that you would have spent on bar money anyways. Like, just give it, why not? And also, I think it's a conflict of interest because he has a massive stake in all these things. But, you know, whatever. We're still in the boom of the tulips. Yeah, well, no, we're not even, we're like in the beginning of the tulips ridiculous yeah i'm pretty sure cuban runs the verified nft account on like he doesn't run it but i'm pretty sure it's his company he has an ownership stake in the nft account that's verified on on instagram yep he uh he has an exchange he has that he has another site where you can come off and um auction off it's called uh, shoot i don't remember uh either way you could look it up and find it pretty easily but yeah no he has a massive stake in this stuff and he is he's going to be up there for the world's richest people at some point i think yeah, I think it's funny. A lot of the sharks are jumping on it. I mean, 
any of our frequent listeners, you hear us talk about Kevin O'Leary a lot, yeah. uh, obviously Cuban a lot. It's funny, you just watch what the guys who the guys who made their nut during the dot-com bubble, you just watch them repeat the same pattern here with this bubble. It's true. And so you're wondering what they see and what I'm going to, I'm going to call this, what I'm seeing is that people like community. They're willing to rally around a community and pour money into it. And so if you're early enough and you can spot those trends, you pretty much always win. So that's my take on it. I, uh, you guys have the next one. <laughs> All right. This one was me. Oh, I see. Oh, so, oh no. <laughs> Here's the great thing. Yep. A group of investors bought a 250,000 two-ton NFT of a tungsten cube. <laughs> Sorry, a two-ton tungsten cube. <laughs> this thing is only 14 inches by 14 inches, which is the thing that all the NFT guys have been buying, a little cube to sit on their desk because, wow, it's so heavy. Uh-huh. They paid $250,000 for this thing, and the company is so nice, and they, as part of the NFT... They get to go visit the cube at the company's headquarters once a year. 14 inches by 14 inches. So it's like, it's a little bit more than a, a foot a foot wide and tall. And it weighs two tons? Yes. What the heck? How? Chemistry. Super Tungsten. Physics. So, I don't know. That's kind of cool. <laughs> All right, I'm kind of on this train. That's great. Good for them. <laughs> so they get to go touch it whenever they want. <laughs> Once a year. Once a year. Once a year. I think that's... that's, Okay. You've proved my point. Community. Like, you got all these people together, and they made a community for it. They dropped all of their money so they could have a reason to go hang out and touch a darn cube once a year. Yeah, I was about to say, how do we make a cube and then sell it for a quarter of a million and say, all right, you can come to my house once a year and touch the cube that you bought. Give people a reason to rally behind it. That's so funny. I'm glad you You brought that up. You make a little Minecraft cube in a box of glass, and you sell it. That's the NFT right there. Oh, man. Whoever Mojang or whatever would immediately be on you. But, you know, it's DeFi, so who knows? Huh. Yep. Anything goes in DeFi, apparently. It's true. All right. <laughs> Do we want to make fun of Aaron Rodgers for a little bit? Yeah. Last point of, of the day here. Um, Aaron Rodgers has partnered with Cash App to take a portion of his salary in Bitcoin. Um, however, Aaron Rodgers, as of... Uh, yesterday, maybe the day before, yep, uh, is, in, is in some hot water right now. Uh, I'll give a little breakdown of, of the gist of what's going on, just in case any listeners out there are sports bettors and are wondering why the Packers are such big underdogs this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, our good buddy Aaron of the Green Bay Packers, the quarterback for any non-football fans, he essentially, at the beginning of the NFL season, they asked everyone if they were vaccinated. Mr. Aaron said he was vaccinated. And vaccinated players don't have to wear masks in meetings, masks in buildings, don't have to do this and that and wear these trackers. And Aaron tested positive for COVID this past week. And the NFL took a look into his vaccination record to see, you know, if this was a breakthrough case, uh, if it just happened that he was vaccinated and still got COVID, what happened here? Well, turns out Aaron Rodgers was never actually vaccinated. And I don't know what the legal implications are or if this goes against the contract that they have with the NFL or anything like that. But he is in a whole bunch of hot water right now. Obviously, he can't play this Sunday because he has COVID. Um, But I don't know how they're going to handle it going forward. But that's the little side tangent on Aaron Rodgers. Just some information in case anyone's a, a betting man or woman out there. But back on the crypto DeFi train, 
Um, Saquon Barkley is also taking all of his endorsement money payments in Bitcoin. So another another athlete getting on this uh, on this wave, have you? And it, it kind of makes me think about when we talk about the Bitcoin um, credit card out there. I forget what Block the credit fi. card was. Block that, yeah, yeah, they give you still that. waiting on mine. Yeah, so it's 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 kind of like that. I mean, if you're going to take your assets, like Saquon Barkley, he's not taking his whole salary. So he's hedging his bets here, but he's taking some endorsement money in Bitcoin and it's just spreading out your assets. Yeah, and they're smart enough to understand that if they're doing this, it creates publicity for the asset and the asset itself only rises and falls based on publicity. So that's yeah, some 3D chess right there. Yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if more athletes followed suit, but uh, but we'll see. Well, <laughs> one more for you is remember the guy who caught uh, or Tom Brady's 600th uh, football touchdown football or whatever and uh yeah. he got a whole bunch of free stuff because they're like we need the ball uh, you can't have it and he's like all right what do you give me so he gave him a whole bunch of free stuff in addition to that tom brady gave him a bitcoin which i don't know what the market price is today but it's a heck of a lot of money for most people yep it's thousands probably i don't I mean i don't know tens of thousands if not i think it's in the 60s hundreds 60s i don't know i i can't keep up with it because every week something new happens but i'm pretty sure it's like 60 something right now yeah it fluctuates pretty consistently either way but, i think it's yeah great. so professional athletes in the in the crypto DeFi world yeah. everyone's getting in and we're sitting here with gray hairs wondering why we aren't in well shoot i'm in i don't know about you let's <laughs> just say hop on the train I'm or get left behind one. yeah I'm not in. i am on that train big time all right <laughs> i think that wraps up everything we've got we're coming in a little less than an hour which i think is just the standard nowadays so that's where we're going to be yeah. joey quote good information tons all right you taking us out in a quote yep here is a great quote by a philosopher one name philosopher that's how you know he's legit his name is jung jung is that carl jung <laughs> i don't know what jung it is it could be carl jung it just says jung give it give but it a read he said where your fear is there is your task no i don't like that i don't like doing stuff i'm scared of but you're right it's exactly what you're supposed to do Yep. My task is not spiders, man. <laughs> yeah, my task is just heights. Uh, hate being up high. I hate spiders. We can go out and catch a spider. It's cold now. There's no spiders. If I see it, I'm gonna squish it. That's what I'm doing. Right, you opened the show talking about how cold it is down there. I woke up this morning and everything outside my house was frosted. It was iced over mine and my girlfriend's cars. They needed scraped. I don't want to hear it. Right. And, you know, like 58 is pretty miserable for me, so that's okay. We began the show talking about weather. We're going to end it talking about weather. <laughs> 20 degrees this morning. It was like 59 in my house. You made the choice to be there. <laughs> Come down here. Yeah the way she goes i guess all right that's wonderful okay have a wonderful weekend we're gonna see you probably you know maybe joey has something to say about this but probably normal schedule tuesday morning yes barring any or wednesday um wednesday unforeseen morning. catholic holidays <laughs> the grad school i attend is a catholic university okay fantastic all right have a good weekend we'll see you then see you later see you tuesday